Okay, three, two, one. I'm Batman. Good luck, Harry Potter. Well, cover me with eggs and flour and bake me for 40 minutes. Hello, and welcome back to another podcast. Hello, I'm going to find my thing. I know, I'm going to start again in a minute. Hold on. Hello, welcome to another episode of Scream. <laughs> Actually, I think you were laughing just in the background there, so let's stop again. <clears throat> okay, three, two, one. I'm Batman. Good luck, Harry Potter. Well, cover me with eggs and flour and bake me for 40 minutes. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Screen Masters with me, Bav. And me, Fluff. And this week, we are going to be talking about HBO shows. Yep, this is my topic for this uh, for this. Indeed, for this week. It's TV, TV time, time again. TV time again. It's an odd, uh, no, even-numbered podcast, so yeah. yes, it's We're TV. We're at six now, Pete. I know, six. 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 That's crazy. Six. Crazy stuff. So yes, we're going to be talking HBO shows and picking our top five HBO shows of, uh, well, I guess it's of all time. Of all time, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, including loads of the old stuff. Um, uh, But first, I believe you've got some news we need to discuss. Yes, so uh, you've not been privy to some of this news. um, Indeed, I've been away from the sites for the last few days. Yeah, so... The Disney, I think it was D23, I think it's called? Uh, uh, D23 Expo D23, or something, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Was just, was just on. So that's given us a little bit of news, which you've not been privy to. So I figured let's cover that because we didn't really have time in the last one. We kind of covered mm-hmm. some uh, some of the stuff that we'd watched. But yeah, so news. So given that we talked about previously as a result of Comic-Con, uh, the new shows which have been announced for Disney+, Plus, indeed, which was the Marvel stuff, they have now now announced another three series right. for the Disney Plus, mm-hmm. which are all Marvel series. Okay. The first one is Moon Knight. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to one of the Marvel Knights, which is an intriguing. He's an interesting character yeah, anyway, isn't he? I've I've character. never read any of his origin stuff or anything. He's, but he's, he's a dark split personality. He's, yeah, he's, he's very dark character. Very very dark character. So I'm intrigued that they are using Moon Knight because he is kind of one of those Marvel Knights if, if you know the, the run from I, I, I'm aware of it yeah. I, I think I've read some of the Punisher from around mm-hmm. that time but. yeah so you know Daredevil we had Black Panther was one of the Marvel Knights uh, Moon Knight was one of the Marvel Knights so yeah it's an intriguing one mm. um, given that they've moved away from you know the Daredevils the Punishers and you know the street level heroes this is another street level kind of hero yeah. as you might refer mm-hmm Another series, She-Hulk. Okay. Now, Interesting. this is going to be Jennifer Walters, so whether they're going to be throwing in uh, the lore aspect of it, we've, we're now kind of missing that from the Daredevil side of stuff. What's her origin, then? Because I, I don't know She-Hulk's origin. Actually. You don't know She-Hulk's? So, She-Hulk's origin is she has a blood transfusion from her cousin, mm-hmm. Bruce Banner, um, and as a result, she obviously she becomes green. And okay. As okay. opposed to the Hulk, she's green all the time you know she's hulk persona all the time that kind of has been a bit up and down as of the last few comic book runs and things i think she's kind of taken on a human persona and then kind of hulks up 
similar to the way that uh, the Bruce does. No idea whether Mark Ruffalo is going to be in it, but th like I say, these are early stages. We've got no showrunners. We don't really have that much information. They've just kind of announced and thrown a logo up there. So yeah, She-Hulk, another one. Mm. This one is one that I'm very happy to say uh, I'm really looking forward to this one, is Ms. Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan. Ah, the Kamala Khan incarnation. Yeah, Kamala Khan incarnation. Now, That'll be very interesting. Very interesting. The one thing that I have read from this is that this will somehow inevitably tie into the films. I don't know in so, what aspect. <laughs> Young Avengers, surely. Whether it be Young Avengers, whether it be Champions, because they've recently true, had that. True, true, true. Uh, whether she will appear in Captain Marvel 2, no idea. But well, they could be putting a female yeah. uh, a female Avengers team or something. Perhaps, perhaps. Um, but again, a very interesting character. She's, uh, she's really good in the comic books. It's kind of come into her own in the last few years, very much so, heading up a team called the Champions. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, the book has been cancelled, but even still, it was very good to begin with. Didn't necessarily succeed where it could have done. The the, the premise to begin with was awesome. Uh, you know, with some of the younger Marvel figures, you had Miles Morales, you had uh, Sam Alexander Nova, mm -hmm. you had Amadeus Cho Hulk. So there's some you know some big, big characters in there. So I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to do this, especially with uh, you know the fact that she is from uh, you know ethnic minority so again it's it's yeah. pushing that that kind of element to it um I'll, I'll mention one other final marvel announcement which has come out of it which is kit harrington as we all know for game of thrones mm -hmm. john snow has now been cast in the eternals as dame whitman the black knight okay so where i'm gonna that, have to read some of this eternal you know, stuff because i am so yeah, i mean the, but he, black knight was an avenger he wasn't part of the eternal so where he will factor into anything? this When's he factored in? What, the Black Knight? Black Knight. He's from the Avengers of, like, the 90s, 2000s. Oh, okay. so, okay. I, mean, he, he is, I mean, he's obviously been beforehand, but... So, I've read all your stuff yeah. that you collected, like, around the Dark Avengers sure. time yeah, and yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, you knew, knew Avengers era, but no, he was he was around beforehand, so very intrigued to see where he's going to factor into this. So, that was that was pretty much just announced. couple of other things which did come out of the D23 which you don't know, which you may be happy about. I mean, it had been rumoured anyway... Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Okay. Has been confirmed. Based when? Don't know about timelines. All I know is that Ewan McGregor again, came the out. The bit I'm interested yep. is with the gap. Yeah, it's going to be between... The bit that takes us up gonna to be between, between It's, it's going to be between uh, Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. It's yeah. got to be. Because that's it's that's the what I period. want. That's the story I want to see. Whether this will tie into The Mandalorian, which we've now each seen the trailer for. Yes, yeah, I watched the trailer for that. Very teaserish, but... Very intrigued. I'm very, I'm in, very much. Particularly by to one that. sequence in there that looked um, looked like someone was about to get chopped in half by a door. Mm -hmm. And in the back of my mind, I went, "Hold on!" I thought everyone had said Disney Plus mm -hmm. and the series were all going to be PG, mm -hmm. and you know it, they're not going to do the R-rated stuff. He's a bounty or maybe hunter. they'll leave the R-rated stuff for the Fox brand. He, he's a bounty hunter. There's got to be some well, brutal brutality it, to it. At the end of the day, the trailer shows. Lots and lots of stormtrooper heads yeah, on spikes yeah. and stuff. So it doesn't so seem nice. family friendly, but maybe that's I mean, maybe where, that scene know, cuts at that moment, and you mm -hmm. don't see the gore, and that gets them a twelve. Yeah. I don't know, but I'd like it to be full on. Yeah. So intrigued to see where this is going to develop. I know that Ewan McGregor said for a very long time he would always be happy to reprise the role. A lot of people will be happy that he'll be reprising the role. It'd work yeah. if you were doing that time. Mm -hmm. If you're going to tell any other story from Obi-Wan, I don't want Ewan McGregor. No. But he's probably old enough now to to be perfect age yep. to fill that gap between definitely. three and four. Most definitely. 
So, um, and the final, final little bit of news. Now, you oh, see that one. No, you no, can see that. it, and you yeah. know I'm happy about this. Now, the fourth season hasn't even come out yet. And one thing I've learned is that the fourth season of The Expanse, which is due to drop in mid-December, I believe, mm-hmm. is going to be dropped all on Monday. Instead Yay. of instead of a weekly, I will be. I'm gutted because I've got no time left to, to, say, to book that, a day off because that would be my take a day off of work shit. Um, they haven't even released season four, but season five has been confirmed, and I am ecstatic about that That's news. Good. So the fact that Jeff Bezos, God bless him. Uh, so there we go. We're not talking about Netflix now. We're talking about Amazon. Yeah, back on Amazon. Back on Amazon. The fact that he has given such love to this show and he's whether he's the one forcing the season five i don't know don't care the fact that they've announced the season five has me even more excited than ever for for the return of the expanse that's good and i uh, yeah i need to catch up the problem i have with it is it's not a problem with the show but the way the show they built the show certainly in the first few seasons when it was being done by sci-fi i think yes correct um it wasn't in line with the books, was it? So it's sort of it's like a book finished about halfway through a season and we went into a new book. It's Well, the first book covered the first season and the first half of season two. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Now, I I tried to start watching season three because that's mm-hmm. where I'm up to. Um, I tried to start watching that and was baffled. So I've got to go back and watch mm-hmm. the end of season two mm-hmm. again, I think. But I, I guess that's because of the format because they will have then started book two partway through season two. Correct. Which so means book, book two probably won't finish till into season three, ah, which is why I'm so, so yes. baffled by the end of season two. Book one covers season one and half of season two. Book mm-hmm. two covers the second half of season two and the first half of season three. Yep. But book three covers the second half of season three, and that is the end of book three. Uh, so when I get to the end of book three... So by the end of three, you right. are up to the end of book three. So that's, that's just the problem I found. You don't, I don't know, remember where I finished, mm-hmm. and clearly it was because... Of we were in the middle of something yeah. that was going to be finished at the in the season three, rather yeah. than bringing it to a bit of a cliffhanger, yeah. where I've just got to go. Oh, John Snow's dead. That's fine. I wonder what's going to happen to him next season. Mm-hmm. But ah, I see. So okay, that's fine. I will watch that then, yeah. because yes, that is a great show. Oh, so yeah, that's so that's 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 the news catch up. Um, cool. Some stuff which I know that would would tickle your fancy. Now, I mean, the, the last time that we did one of these. You know, TV-related podcast, and we still started talking about the, uh, you know, Marvel TV shows. Literally two weeks later, as soon as we do that, the, the, there's suddenly loads more new news announced. Oh, so course, that's you know, it's the irony it's of the it. Way so it works whether we get in another two weeks' time, we get another bunch of shows announced. I, I have no idea. If so, we will catch you up then, everybody. Indeed, yes, we will be meeting again in two weeks to record some more episodes. So we will then cover it. Okay. So, uh, so as I say, the, to the bulk cover, thing. cover HBO. of the main topic this week is going to be HBO shows, the top five HBO shows for each of us. Now, I know that we both found it a little bit hard to completely go through a top five list because there are so many good HBO shows. I just counted my list because what I did was found the HBO list of shows that I sent you and then wrote down all the ones that I've watched Mm -hmm. to then try and compile I didn't do that. I didn't go to that degree. Well, I've got a list of 22 shows that that I've seen. I mean, admittedly, Fraggle Rock and Sesame Street included (laughs) because I've seen them and they're HBO shows. But, you know, there's 22 shows there that I need to choose from. Um, Um, So, I think... (laughs) I'm going to need a little bit of an honourable mention section at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah. No, there are some shows I've had to kick out. That's fine. That well, you, you feel free. You know, go, go, go ahead. Go, do okay. your honourable mentions So I'll do first. the honourable mentions quickly then. So, um, Ballers. Yes. 
with uh, Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson in, and I always forget his name. His name's Rob somebody. He's a very, very good comedian. He's normally in that batch of Danny McBride and those sort of boys. He's in Hot Tub Time Machine. As yes, well. I know the fella. Rob Cordry. Rob Cordry, yes, Rob Cordry. indeed. He is fantastic. Hilarious. the comedy relief yeah. to, to it. And obviously it's by the Entourage guys, who I know it's a show we both watched mm-hmm. and enjoyed. Um, and it's it's the same story, but from a uh, American football yeah. perspective rather than a Hollywood perspective. Yeah. But I think it's really good, and it's given me a lot of respect for Dwayne Johnson as an, an actor, actor. Yeah. Because he does show, you know, there, there's some really, uh, same as Entourage, you know, it's peaks and troughs mm-hmm. all the way through the season. I think they're about four seasons in now. It will end on five. Okay. They've just confirmed so the fifth season. I've got one more to watch then. So. But yeah, it peaks and troughs the same way the other one does. So he gets to show a good range of, of acting. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's really good in it. Um, I'll mention Westworld, but mm. to be honest, I was thinking about it when I saw it on the list. And I thought, yeah, the first series of that was fantastic. Uh, yeah. And I thought, I've seen season two. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you a damn thing that happened. I could, but I wouldn't want to. I, I just, I'm a bit baffled as to what, because I, I, I know I watched it. I, I like binged it as well. I saved it all up and binged it. And I remember enjoying it at the time, mm. but I remember going, what? What are we doing? I think there was like maybe two good episodes throughout the whole of season I two. just did something I didn't want it to do, I don't think. I don't think I wanted to go into the wider world and see what was going on. And like, I watched the trailer for the third season and was like, I, I, I'm not sure I'm bothered anymore. Mm. I think you've gone as far as I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, True Detective, I feel like I should mention because I've just put myself through the third season. Um but again, it's one season. That's mm. that's why it can't make it onto the list because the first season is incredible. The second season was awful because I mean, let's forget about Vince Vaughn trying to act like some <laughs> sort of serious good actor. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, going from this Louisiana Bayou, you know, the very it, it was very thematic. It felt very oh, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? But the, the, the atmosphere of it, you mm. know, the tone of it was, was so good and the directing was fantastic with the writing and Matthew McConaughey having a bit of a resurgence and Woody Harrelson. It was just like a perfect mm. storm of awesome things meeting together. And they just never, ever recaptured that in any of it. Even this third season where they get Mahershala. Ali. Hang on, have I done it right? Mahersh, Mahershala? Yeah, I'm sure it's Mahershala. Ali. Mm-hmm. Um, in to do it. Now he's... I mean, he's a fantastic actor, mm-hmm. and they got Stephen Dorff alongside him, who I've got a soft spot for. Yeah, he's, um, he's doing he good was, stuff. He bad was stuff. that yeah, 90s yeah. actor, yeah. wasn't he, that we all sort of know, and I, I still have a soft spot for him from Blade as well. Of course. Loved him in that. Um, but, crikey, by the time we've gotten to this third one, they're throwing four timelines at you at once, <laughs> and I'm baffled, man. <laughs> and the problem is, there was eight episodes. By the second episode, I, I said to the good lady teacher, Erin Dawes, right, because there's a, a boy and a girl. The, the boy's dead, the girl's gone missing. I said, right, this is how the boys died mm-hmm. after the second episode. Mm-hmm. I was bang on. Mm-hmm. The girl, I thought I'd got it right, but actually I couldn't have got it right. And they, it seems like they'd deliberately written it in such a way that you couldn't guess mm. because it was a character who you didn't know existed that turned out to be the crux to it all. It's like, well, you, of course I'm not going to figure that. That isn't good writing. No. Hide it, putting the clues there and letting us figure it out for ourselves as we go along is the way to do it. And, like, the seventh episode is essentially just one long exposition dump from a character that they've been looking for since the 1980s. 
So we just sit down and we get a massive dump of information from this character on how everything worked, mm-hmm. why it happened, mm-hmm. how it happened, blah, blah, blah. About 20 minutes later, you're like, okay, so now I know how everything happened. I'm bored and I'm wondering why we've just had to do this, just have this dialogue exposition thing instead of you actually telling us this as we go along. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah, oh, it's terrible. I mean, and I hate it for that because it covers some really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some really interesting stuff about race in there that they cover. Uh, Mahershala Ali's really, really good in it because he's in the different timelines. He's He's got dementia in the most recent timeline. So you see a development of that as you okay. go through the other timelines because you're in 1980, 1990, and 2015. Mm-hmm. So there's three to start with. And then by the end, we've also had a fourth timeline that's somewhere between 1990 and 2015 that doesn't actually do anything or go anywhere. So it just confuses you more. Mm. But it seems to me that they were a very basic thing and then went, right, let's mix this up and make this more confusing than it needs to be so that people don't know. Mm-hmm. And I just, I disagree with it on that front. Uh, in Treatment was uh, oh, a very yeah, interesting little 20-minute show yeah, I remember back that in one. the day with uh, Gabriel Byrne Gabriel as, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. as a psychologist. I, I found it really interesting because of my interest in psychology. Yeah. Uh, Melissa George was one of his yes. patients in it. She was really good. And it was a different patient each week yeah. to start with. And then you started to see the second and third and subsequent yep. visits of those patients as he went along. And then they mixed it up with him going to see his therapist. Yep. So you got to see their therapy sessions as yep. well with him. It was really interesting, really good. I just lost track of it because there were about 50 episodes in the first season or mm. something. They didn't split it into seasons. Mm. They just kept it going. But it was like a yeah, 20 minute, I remember watching some of them. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I was really interested some. in it. I just lost track of it. Yeah. So I, I don't feel I can put it in there. Um, Veep. Yes. Um, is absolutely hilarious. It but is. unfortunately, again, I lost track of it around season three, four. Yeah, so I, I think it was after so, season two, I kind of yeah, just dipped off. I think off it's up and... to about seven now. Yeah. So again, I can't put it in there, but it is worth a mention because it is a great show if you like your 20 minute yeah, political Ju- comedy type Reece stuff. Yeah, I mean, Dreyfus, is it? Yeah. And, and Tony uh, Hale. I love Tony right. Hale. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's hilarious. Um, and it's it's basically their version of The Thick of It, yeah. which was the, the, the British version of that story. Um, the Night Of is a very good little mini-series starring Riz Ahmed and John Turturro mm-hmm. about a man who's wrongly accused of a murder and he's, you know, a, a very good boy and by the time he gets to his trial he has been in prison so long that he's a skinhead, he's got prison tats all over him, he's on heroin and it's actually a very interesting portrayal of how the prison system can make someone a criminal because mm. he was not a criminal he was innocent and you knew that going into it he was just wrong place wrong time mm. and did silly things that then incriminated him when you look back on it but at the time you would do the same thing in his scenario um but i i found that a really interesting look into something mm. uh, look into a thing i think it was a bit heavy-handed with it so that's why it doesn't quite make it in there mm-hmm. but it, it, i th- think it's worth a mention uh, and the last one is probably one that not a lot of people are familiar with, but I've got all the VHSs. Again, children, look up your, go to your wiki <laughs> page and find out what VHS is. Um, Todd McFarlane's Spawn yeah. series, which was uh, an animated series of Spawn, headed by Todd McFarlane. It was animated, it was R-rated, mm-hmm. and I think it was fantastic. Yeah, I recall. The only reason it's not on the list is because I haven't rewatched it. It's since been a long, long time since I've probably watched Probably about that, last yeah. ten years, and... I wouldn't want to put it on without a rewatch yeah. to know that it's as good as I remember it. Um, but yeah, 
uh, they're, they're the honourable mentions. I mean, there's tons of other stuff there. Things like Girls is a series that everyone talks about. Never, yeah. I, yeah. I watched a few. I just, there's nothing in it for me. No, no. And uh, no. Sex in the City is a HBO show. Yeah. Again, I've seen bits and pieces of Sex in the City. There's just nothing in it no, for me. No. I, I, I found nothing in it to take my interest, so... No. Go on, then. Yeah. Okay, right, so my honourable mentions... Um, now, we've I've spoken about one of these before, um, so I will kind of mention it. The, the only reason that I haven't put it in my top five is because, because I have actually talked about it previously before. That is the only reason that this is not actually in my top five, because I didn't want to repeat myself no, going through another show, which I've already discussed before, and that's Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Love Deadwood. Um, as, as I've stated before, it was a fantastic show. I got into it a lot, lot later. Luckily, I managed to get round to watching it before the TV movie came out. There's now rumours that they might continue doing some of the TV movie stuff, because I think the first one was a huge success. Again, the cast was just phenomenal. The series itself is just groundbreaking for HBO. To to be that gritty in that era was just phenomenal. The actors just did such a great job. All of them came back that wanted to, at the very least, or could, for the TV movie as well. It has a very soft spot in my heart as an HBO show. And again, rightly so, it should be in my top five. But the only reason it, it edged out is just simply because I talked about it before. Yeah, so that's, that, that's the only reason that it's not it's it's not actually in there. Um, another show was The Pacific. Mm-hmm. Which was a sequel to Band of Brothers? It, kind of right? a spiritual sequel. Okay. A spiritual sequel in, in the sense that it was during the same period. It but was it was the Japanese campaign. The, yeah, guess, the Pacific yeah. side of it. I didn't find it as as enjoyable or as easy to watch as Band of Brothers. The, the there was kind of the crux of, of three main characters in it, um, as opposed to kind of the supporting cast of Band of Brothers. We may get to that one shortly, um, but it was still a fantastic series. You you go back and again, it's the cover of that area of World War Two, which everybody talks about the. European campaign. No, not as many people kind of touch on the Pacific campaign. Yeah, I think it's more an American thing than it yeah. is because that yeah, was precisely. their yes, side of precisely. the war. Yes, really, that so. was the one that they got involved in yeah. mostly. Obviously, yeah. they came to Europe and they helped us. Yes, they didn't win the war for us; they helped us. Yes, um, it's it's brutal. It is very, very much brutal. Some of the absolute destruction that occurs there, the massacres that they have to go through, it, it is pretty soul destroying at times. No, no, no joke. The characters in it do suffer a lot. One of the guys in particular really does suffer kind of P- PTSD mm-hmm. uh, by the end of the, the, the series. It, it's quite heartbreaking, but fantastic series. Again, uh, well done to, to the guys for, for going after Band of Brothers and going, you know what, we need to tell that side of the story. And I, I respect that, I really do. Absolutely. Another show is going to be Westworld, as you kind of mentioned. Mm-hmm. Again, I very much enjoyed the first series. The second series just completely lost the plot for me. Completely lost the plot. There was one very good se- episode sorry, of the second series, which portrayed the Native American guy, and that was a phenomenal episode mm. for me. Yes, it I just portrayed that. his entire period, him realizing that he was a cog in the machine and going back to his original you know, homestead and and seeing all of the changes and things like that, heartbreaking for him. Yep. That was that was just a fantastic episode. But by the end of season two, it just completely fucking lost it for me. Mm. Not interested very much at all in season three. I'm sure I will watch it because it's an HBO show. I'm hoping that it will improve and maybe it will ground itself a little bit more. <sighs> Who's to say? 
Another show would be... Now, I know this is going to be divisive for a lot of people, but will be Game of Thrones. Because for me, the last couple of seasons did not hit home for me at all. I was... Don't get me wrong, the the battle for Winterfell was a fantastic battle. Um, You know, years, years in the making. But at the same time, just kind of came a bit and just kind of went. The, The villain of four or five seasons was built up to this unstoppable force and just dies really really easy just a bit pathetic on that front the the whole end of game of thrones i think has left a bit of a sour sour taste in my mouth i understand that a lot of people still have a lot of love and admiration for it the first few seasons i will wholeheartedly agree i think really would would push it into my top five if it wasn't for the the later couple of seasons unfortunately Another show. Now, this is a bit of an odd one, uh, but John Oliver. Uh, oh, yeah, last week tonight, tonight with John Oliver. Now, I'd, I'd watched a lot. Like yeah, I'd, I'd watched a lot of it literally every week for the first three, three or four years. Um, it just got a bit harder when there was a lot of Trump bashing mm. week in, week out. And it got to the point where, you know what? I'm fed up of listening about politics all the fucking time, even, even in, you know, Brexit era as well, for those of you you know what Brexit is, it just does my fucking head in. So unfortunately, it, it, it did suffer from that, but at the same time, there are so many amazing topics that he touched on on a I weekly see. basis. He brought up stuff which nobody would ever touch with a, a 50-foot barge pole. He really, really shoved a lot of stuff favorite, into people's faces. Going to our favourite reference point, he yeah. criticised the WWE not he so long ago, didn't he? He did indeed. lack of health insurance. Yeah, because they're independent contractors. They're not part of the actual company itself people in back office yeah they get health insurance and etc etc but guess what wrestlers you don't yeah. if you're an independent so yeah uh, he, he really does push the envelope out for a, a few things um, and then my final no actually I've got two more I'm going to mention Entourage because I do love Entourage I could go back and watch it time and time again the only reason again it's not in my top five is pure and simply because unfortunately because it's the last couple of seasons really did lose something for me. The first couple of seasons were absolute gold for me. I really, really loved it. It was that kind of... He was on the down. He was on his, his way up in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That really, really got me, and I, I really did love that. But, yeah, again, the last couple of seasons kind of lost its shine a little bit for me. I still, It still has a very soft place in my heart. I think it'd be very hard to recreate that show in this yeah. day and age because I don't, of I don't think you would. so many things. Uh, and finally, The Righteous Gemstones, which I'd, I'd covered... Uh, in the previous one, one episode in, and I think I'm in love with the show already. So cool. Okay. Yeah, that would be very weird. Yeah. Because people are going to hear that two weeks apart. Yeah. So. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> cool. So right. Well, we'll get to the top five now. So I'm I'm going to throw it over to you first. Okay. I think well, it's only fair. At my number five, strangely enough, mm-hmm. segueing in nicely mm-hmm. is Entourage. Yeah, there you go. Entourage makes it into my top five. I'm. I, I loved all of it. I, I don't I don't have a problem with the eighth season. Uh, I I was ex- as excited for that as I was for the rest of it. I I loved that show. I loved that it showed you what was going on inside the near workings. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think it's I think there's some problems with it now. Mm-hmm. If you look at look back at it, as with a lot of things in this post-Me Too era, mm-hmm. I think if you look back at it, it's got some really bad stuff in it. Most definitely. Uh, I mean, there's a character with the surname Steen, something Steen, who is always in a dressing gown and naked underneath when he answers the door, mm-hmm. uh, whenever they go to see him, and it's all very knowing, and you just kind of think, guys, why were you letting this happen if yeah. you knew? Yeah. 
because clearly everyone knew yeah. because there's always a reference somewhere or another i read the other day that two, toy story 2 got re-released and uh they've cut the, a scene out of yes. post credits where Rama. the prospector is chatting up two of the barbie girls correct and it's like ah oh, yeah okay yeah because yeah that was essentially what weinstein was up to and yeah. everyone else and stuff and ah i see where you've done that so i i do think it's you know obviously it's portrayal of women is awful but is it wrong hmm I don't think so. Certainly not at the time. No. I mean, unfortunately, it may not even be that case. That that may not be the case now. Mm-hmm. I I would hope it isn't. But you know, yeah, they, 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 they there's probably still people out there who want to have sex with a famous film star, yeah. and they're probably going to do yeah. that. Yeah. However, they can. Yeah. You know, and that that is what it is. But oh, I I found it thoroughly interesting. Ari was the standout for me. As always, Johnny Johnny Pippen. Chase for me, I suppose, would have been. As, yeah, Johnny know, was good with the. Oh, Johnny what Chase. was his series called? Johnny's Bananas. Johnny goes bananas. Johnny bananas. At the end, yep. oh man, I loved all that. Um, Turtles cool. I always thought Eric was a dick, but Ari stole the show for me pretty much every time. Yeah. Just his rants. Um, no, I, I, I totally, totally agree. It is like I say, it was very hard not to put this on my list. It was. It was oh, so really, really hard. It was, it was honestly, I'd written it down and then I scribbled it out and then I wrote it yeah. down and I scribbled it out again. Uh, the rise and fall of, of Vinny Chase was just so engrossing to watch. It was. Uh, for the, especially for the first couple of seasons, most definitely. Yeah. It was that look at Hollywood through a different lens. Seeing the inner workings of part of it, them becoming producers, trying to make their own film, yep. uh, how much effort it goes to just to do X, Y, and Z. Still laughing about the fact that you know uh, Aquaman done by James Cameron. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, there's so many cameos from so many Hollywood legends in there as well. And there wasn't there always a rule on it that if if you were there was something about how famous you were. Mm-hmm. If you weren't famous enough, you'd appear as yourself. If you were famous enough, you would have a different character mm. in the film. They would make you a character in the show. Mm. Um, that that was always the the tale I heard. Obviously, someone like Mark Wahlberg wouldn't apply to that because he's in it all the time. Well, it, himself it's, it's, because he's a producer. Well, so. it's also based on Mark Wahlberg. Quite so. So he was always going to be in it in that role yeah. as himself, yeah. never as somebody else. But mm-hmm. that that was always the story they used to tell. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so my number five is Entourage. Okay. Uh, so I'll okay. I'm going to take number five for me is one which I'm still very 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 surprised that you have not watched. I've told you time and again that you should watch this. Uh, which is Silicon Valley. Yes. Um, now, this is, uh, you know, a very satirical look at programming, uh, billionaires, big companies, you know, kind of like your, your, your Googles, your Facebook. Mm-hmm. A very, very satirical view of, of, of how they are. You know, it starts off with a big party for one of these companies, and you've got Kid Rock, uh, you know, doing what, doing a set on this big party for a bunch of you know, geeks, nerds, whatever you want to call them, and who just don't appear to have a clue what the hell is going on. <laughs> and it's just they've thrown a shit ton of money at these guys because it's big company, big money. And then this one guy, uh, played by Thomas Middleditch, uh, you know, creates this bit of compression software which turns out to basically break the mould of compression software. It's it's better than everything on the market. Um, oh, it's it's humour and realism of the digital uh, digital age is 
absolutely hilarious. It, it really does because it really does break down some of those perceptions about these big companies. You've got a bunch of people sitting around on a pedal bike. Uh, you know, they're being paid millions of dollars to you know come up with these ideas and this and they're sitting on a pedal bike and having a really relaxed time trying to break and you look at the offices of google or facebook and you go that's the weird kind of shit you always see in their offices and yeah breakout zones and exactly yeah and it's stuff. like oh yeah it's a really hard life for us Segways. you're getting paid millions of dollars to to, to dick around half the time for mm-hmm. creating a bit of software to make life a little bit easier um and and yeah it's it's really well crafted. Um, you know, the cast itself is is very good. Um, you know, T.J. Miller's in there, and he's hilarious. He really, is he, really is, is he hilarious. Just doing the T.J. Miller. Thing, he is though. very much doing the T.J. Miller thing because that's all he tends to do. Yeah, isn't he, it? I mean, he, it works yeah. in something. Yeah, it does. I would have him no other way in the two Deadpool films yeah. because you need that T.J. Miller yeah. guy. Uh, so he plays a guy called Ehrlich Buckman, um, who who kind of is the guy that these you know these guys live with, and he kind of becomes part of the shareholder and. But at the same time, he's a lot more confident than some of the other guys. So his his views and and, and the way that he presents stuff is is kind of needed. Uh, you know, Martin Starr's in there as well. He's hilarious. He's a very very bitter guy. Very uh, you know dark. Uh, you know, he's a satanist or <laughs> satanist or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's hilarious. Uh, Kamali Nanjini, which we've spoken That's about the well uh, said. Yep, I uh, I wrote it down this time because I wanted to make sure that I actually got it. Um, he is like he's Gianni brilliant because again he bounces off Martin Star like nobody does. Uh, no, he, I saw him in. No, did I? No, I haven't seen Stuber yet. But Stuber was out the other week. Yeah, and he's in that. Isn't yeah. he with Batista. Batista. I walk alone. I walk alone. I walk Yeah, um, we, we won't do that too much. Um, anyway, uh, this got the next line. I was totally going to sing the next line, and I forgot it. Well, we've we've both heard it enough with the with the wrestling side. I walk the miles inside this bit of danger. Batista's intro. But Batista's intro. Um, inside this bit of danger. There you go. So you got it. I do. Know Brilliant. That. There you go. <laughs> Just imagine Xavier Woods screaming it as he was making his entrance. At- WrestleMania. That's yes, hilarious. yes, I've shown you that video. That's that was absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Um, a guy called Christopher Welch, who I didn't know that much about, but you know what? The guy was actually in the first series. He's kind of the uh, mentor for the the the, the main guy, uh, Thomas Middleditch's character, Richard. Um, and he actually died in real life at the end oh, of the first really? season. Yeah, it, he was his mentor, and it really did shake up the show. For the second season, they had to actually come back and re rejig how this was going to be done because right. he died off screen um and that was that was quite a hit um you actually feel his presence he was a very odd eccentric billionaire and again that fit the mold for this kind of show um and then there was one guy called jimmy yang uh, who plays jin yang again he bounces off of tj miller like nobody does the guy is fucking hilarious um he plays i don't know i don't know what ethnicity he is but he comes in and he just tries to spin off of everybody's ideas tries to steal money um, and it's and it's brilliant, but yeah, you really should watch it because it's it oh, particularly well, on the seasons are we in? That's what we are we, we're on five seasons. Or? The sixth season will be out soon, and the sixth will and finish is it, it off. A traditional American, so it's like 20, 20, 20 25 oh, minutes. God, you see, that is why I haven't started it. There you go, because there's like five seasons worth of twenty episodes to watch. Yeah. So uh, right over to you for number four. Number four. Well, number four again. You. Uh, oh no, sorry, I've got arrows going the wrong way. So my number four is actually my number three. So, number four is a very recent series on HBO called Chernobyl. Um, I've... It's maybe just me. I, 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 
I was born in 1982, so I don't know a lot about Chernobyl because it was 83, I think, mm-hmm. something like that, when it all went down at uh, 1.23 and 45 seconds is when the call went in. Mm-hmm. Think about that. One, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. So that's what the first episode's called. Um, weird how it shit happens like that, but it's 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 a look at the Chernobyl disaster mm-hmm. that happened back in the 80s in Russia, and I, I knew very little of it, and it absolutely fascinated me, mm. captivated me all the way along. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting in there is incredible. You've got Jared Harris in there playing the main load. You've got uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Um, oh, a couple of the bit part guys whose names escape me now, and I'm really annoyed. There's, I want to say Emma Watson? No, it's not Emma Watson. It's Emily Watson, I think, mm. who's uh, a British lady who's in it. But it... <sighs> It, it tells a great story mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It's a really interesting story. Now, it's a hard watch. I would never argue with that. It's certainly not a show that I binged. No. I watched one episode and I needed a break. Yeah, it's so the, the next reason day I haven't got around to watch it. I can't be that depressed What I've seen, because it's it's depressing and harsh as yeah. hell at times. Um, but, like I say, it fascinated me. And I, I thought it was a really interesting look. I like a lot of the things they did with it as well. The, the production value was incredible. Mm. Absolutely incredible, the production value. And... I like the accents. In that, there are none. Yes. They don't do the Russian accent thing. And it was a very... Uh, it was a decision they made early on because they feel it can go into the realms of farce or parody with everyone doing the Russian accent. I am a Russian man. And eventually, you're going to descend into farce and parody, which they absolutely did not want. Mm-hmm. So, they cast... They, they said, no, you're going to use your natural voices. So, Jared Harris is an Englishman. Stellan Skarsgård is a... F- has a faintly Danish twang to his voice. The key thing they didn't want? Americans. So there are no American voices. Mm. There are no American actors. Mm. Or certainly if there are American actors, they're not doing American voices mm-hmm. um, in, in the piece because they said they felt that would have been too far. Sure. To, to go to Americans in Russia would be slightly weird in sure, the 80s. Sure. So they kept away from that. But it's the uh, same trick. Um, it's a film called Death of Stalin. By yes, yes, yes. Exactly Seen that? Thing. Hilarious. God Almighty. Jo- hilarious. Just quickly, Jason Isaac's entrance <laughs> is <laughs> <Yeah>. the best <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen in a yeah. long time. Yeah. But again, it's from that they decided the same thing. We don't need to do Russian accents to make this work. Mm-hmm. So you've got Steve Buscemi being Steve Buscemi. Yeah. You've got uh, Jason Isaac's being a Northerner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being a proper Yorkshire lad. Oh God, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I really liked Stalin in that as well. I, there wasn't enough Stalin. I wanted to see more of Stalin because he is, was is like he a brummy some, or something. Like he was a proper northerner yeah. as well. And oh god, it was cracking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. Back to Chernobyl. The thing is, as you go through it as well, they're they're talking about a lot of the nuclear physics and mm-hmm. stuff and how it went wrong. And it didn't occur to me till I got to the last episode that actually I don't know how it went wrong. Mm. And they do the most brilliant thing in a court sequence at the end where he just has red panels on one side and blue panels on the other and explains that it's a balancing act. Nuclear reaction is a balancing act. So as long as you've got the same amount of red tiles on one side and the same amount of blue tiles on the other, you're fine. Mm -hmm. Because the red tiles is what the nuclear reactor is doing. Mm -hmm. The blue tiles are you controlling the reaction. So as long as they balance, perfect. But then as he goes through what happens, you start taking tiles away. And because that tile's not there, Mm -hmm. it means that this reaction isn't being controlled. So Mm -hmm. this reaction gets out of hand, which takes this tile out of the way, which then does this and this and this. And and I'm not not making it sound easy at all. But (laughs) actually, (laughs) visually on screen, it's a very, very clever and simple way of explaining how a nuclear reactor went bang Mm. when it shouldn't. They should not do that. 
without you know ridiculous things happening which of course did happen mm -hmm. and I've I know it's being remade by the Russians because mm. of course the Russians don't like yes, it. Yes, the they really they don't like wrong. Yeah, they don't like uh, it. Apparently someone told me the other day that the CIA are apparently going to feature in it. Yes, so, so I've the read. CIA, yes, the CIA are behind it, behind it apparently. Sake. Of course they are. But no, if if you're at all interested in that or you like a, a, a you know a true life gritty drama because that's what it is. There's no humor to be found here mm -hmm. guys. Um, it, it's a cracker. It mm -hmm. really is. The the acting, the the production value, it all adds together to make a, a, a cracking little series. Lovely. Um, and like I say, maybe people will complain that I've put a like a an eight part series mini series in the list, but mm. it, it, it affected me so profoundly, mm. I, I felt I had to. Yeah, it's... it certainly beat True Blood off my list. <laughs> I mean, it, the only reason I haven't got around to watching it is I need to be in the right mindset to watch it. I think. Yeah, no, that's, I totally understand that. Yeah. I totally understand. It is not. It is not an easy one, mm -hmm. and it's not one that you sit down and binge all eight episodes in. No. You just can't. No. Uh, right, so I'm going to go four for me. Now, this is, again, another one that you probably not watched, which was Treme, which was another David Simon production uh, post The Wire. David Simon, remind me. David Simon from The Wire. The Wire. The Wire. Did you do something before that? I want to say The Shield. No, he did uh, Homicide. Uh, detective. Uh, so it's that's it. yeah, homicide life on the street. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Treme is you know set in New Orleans post Katrina. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's you know it's an amazing storytelling piece, uh, portrayal of the city and the culture, music, the food, the politics, the police, uh, the Mardi Gras England's uh, England's Mardi Gras Indians. That's... You've got a typo on your bit of paper yeah, there, mate. I just read it really, really quickly, that's all. <laughs> um, yeah. Android. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the thing that I cannot say most about this is the musical performances are absolutely phenomenal um, in this entire series. It's four seasons long, um, which, you know... Is it, it done now? It's done, yeah, no, it's, it, it's done a good few years ago. You've got some of the guys from The Wire, Wendell Pierce, uh, Clark Peters, both kind of pick up as, as new characters in this. Wendell Pierce is hilarious in this. Um, you know, as, as Antoine is, not a name he's bunk, up, bunk in here in, in, in the wire. Uh, so yeah, he's he's absolutely hilarious in this. Um, you've got Steve Zahn in it as well as kind of a disgruntled musician. I like him sometimes. Yeah, he's he, he's got to find the right film. Yeah. I, I remember him from something like Joyride or the what was it called in America? I don't know, some crap horror film mm -hmm. anyway. I think it was called. Is it called Joyride? Joyride. It sounds like Joyride. Yeah, yeah. It was Joyride over here or something else over there. Anyway, yeah. he, he was in that, and I thought he was poo. Yeah. But then I've seen him in other stuff, comedy stuff, mm -hmm. and I think he's really good. And I've seen him in straight stuff, and I've gone, oh, actually, you're all right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Melissa Leo uh, as well. I mean, fantastic actress. She does really good job in this. John Goodman is in the first season. I can't mm -hmm. say too much because I would encourage you to watch it. But yeah, he's he has he has quite an arc, um, suffering a lot as a result of Katrina and everything that happens to the city. There is one person in here who I will uh, again mention by name, which was uh, Lucia Michelli. Uh, Miacelli. I'm I'm not pronouncing that by any stretch. She is a. Is it better that we say the names and get them wrong, or should we just not? We're say at least the attempting. Names? I'm not sure. We're at least attempting. Yeah, I suppose names it's that thing than, like yeah. Brits abroad. At least if you try and yeah, speak sure. in Spanish, they might appreciate the fact that you've given <laughs> it a shot. Um, but she's a real life violin player, and so she really does bring that level oh, of nice. authenticity to the music. As I say, the music for me was really, really the crux of this series, massively. It does touch on so many other good things. Again, it's great storytelling. You know, I wouldn't expect anything less from 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 Damon Simon and his team. 
it's absolutely phenomenal though uh, incredible real life appearances by real life musicians Kermit Rufkins uh, from New Orleans again. Kermit Rufkins Kermit Rufkins wow that, that sounds like a jazz musician there you Definitely. go yeah so again there's there's a great uh, you know playlist on Spotify for those of you who have Spotify go in there you know find find the Tremé list it's great there's loads of songs from from the series itself loads of original stuff as well uh, it, it's just phenomenal it is absolutely phenomenal the music for me is the thing that drew it most to me and kept me going back. But I, I, I can't rate this, you know, enough. It, it, I know one one of our uh, mutual friends, a friend called, called Gary of ours, he went over to New Orleans and kind of rubbed it in my face because he knew how much I'd love this show and how much I would have loved well, to have We've got to mention Gary. He's our claim to fame. He, he worked yeah. with... Uh, uh, if you check out the credits for Tim Burton work around, oh, I don't know, early 2010s yeah, maybe? Yeah. Um, he was part of the sound team on Tim Burton's stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, what is it, Sweeney Todd, mm-hmm. First Alice. I also know he did like Golden Compass though as well. Yeah, he did uh, so Robin he... Hood with Ridley Scott. As yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, yes, yeah. He, he's our claim to fame. Gary Keller. Hi. Hi, Gary. Okay. You may uh, not be listening to this actually because <laughs> I don't think we've told you it's here, but we will do. Yeah. So hi. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's uh, there, there, there's my number four anyway. Cool. Okay. Over to you for three. So number three is we're going to come back to it again because I'm not as down on it as you and everyone else mm-hmm. so Game of Thrones yeah. Game of Thrones yeah. makes my three man I it was at a time where we've discussed previously in in uh, I think maybe in the, the first TV top five episode uh, maybe even Smallville that brought it up but I realised I was watching telly Ugh, for Smallville. the sake of it yeah I was not watching programmes some of the programmes particularly the DCs the, the Arrows the Flash Supergirl that sort of stuff I wasn't watching them because I enjoyed them. I was watching them because it was a habit and I felt I had to. And Thrones Thrones is the show that made me realise that that's what I was doing because that was the show I was excited for every week. And then as soon as it finished, all too early, every single time, I then had to wait ages and I was always excited for it to come back again. I... I mean, we we all know that the early stuff is fantastic and it's it's brilliant. I still think it's the best piece of misdirection ever to put out all your promo, promo material for the first season with Sean Bean sat on the throne and then kill him off at the end. Mm. That That's genius. Absolute freaking genius. And again, you've got Mark Addy in there in the first place. And it, yeah, we could go through the cast as they come and go. Jonathan Price coming into it as the set. Baylor? No, he wasn't Baylor. Oh, he was... Uh, he was the idiots weren't they they made Cersei walk through the street naked didn't they um frick I can't remember their names now that's really going to annoy me so in about half an hour post record I'm just going to shout at the top of my lungs and people are going to be really confused and not know why um but the eighth season I made my peace with Mm. I didn't like it necessarily Mm -hmm. but when I figured out roughly episode three, I think it was, that this wasn't going to go the way I thought it was going to go. Because like you and like, I guess, everyone else, we all thought that first battle up north at the wall was going to fail. And the White Walkers were going to come down and then we were going to have a big face-off down the bottom. Now, maybe they changed it because they thought it was too predictable. Maybe they changed it because they were told to because that's how the book's going to play out. We don't know, do we? This is the problem. And this is why I won't be too harsh on it, because I I don't know what those two guys were told they could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. For all we know, they wrote the series they wanted, and it's the one that we all wanted, and they took it before them, and they went, no, you can't do that, because mm. our deal says that George is allowed to do this, this, and this, because that's what he's going to do in the book, mm-hmm. so we can't do that. You've got to do something else. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I'm being fair to them because I enjoyed the rest of it so much. But yeah, as soon as I realised, oh, okay, the Night King's done for, we're, we're dead. Uh, I, I made my piece of it. I was like, all right, well, this isn't going to be the show, that, the ending that I want it mm-hmm. to be. So I'll just accept it for what it is. For what it was, I didn't think it was too bad. But it's when you consider what we all wanted from it and all the expectations. Mm. And again, we, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. It was called Lost. Mm, of course, yeah. Again, I would sit here and defend some of the early seasons of Lost to, to the hilt mm-hmm. because I think they're fantastic. Mm. But when you get to the end of it, you do realise they didn't freaking know what was going on. I genuinely think they did at the beginning because mm. they used to do podcasts alongside it where the writers would be... I mean, I remember they used to say... We don't put anything in the show unless we know how it pays off. Well, that's clearly bollocks. <laughs> that's clearly bollocks. They didn't know how the freaking hell the numbers played out until they wrote it for the last season. I'm damn sure of that. Because I'd have come up with a better reason for what they were. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have just said, oh yeah, there's the seat numbers on the plane. Mm-hmm. That sorts that one out. Mm. It's like, no, we don't want you just to go around tying up all the answers, you know? Anyway, this is talking about Lost now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, getting back to Thrones. <laughs> I don't feel Thrones disappointed me that much in that way. Okay. And even though the eighth season did disappoint me, I was so, so excited. I mean, again, I remember the season. John died at the end of the fucking season. And I could not wait to find out what happened. I already knew I'd read the book. Yeah, well, there you go. But I didn't read any of the books, so I didn't know. So I was there. And maybe that's another part of it. Maybe that's why you're not as keen I mean, I, I lost that stage by, by the latest book. It was boring. What was going to happen, mm. potentially. So that can always affect you. You know, if you've read the book, you want, you sometimes want it to, you want to see a visual representation of what you read. Well, I mean, you the, don't want them the, the, to change it and tweak it and mess with the it. The problem with the last book was I got really halfway through the last book, I think it's Dance with Dragons, and it's fucking awful. Yeah, really. And I really don't give a shit about reading the yeah. last couple, which has taken one, him like two decades to fucking write now. That most recent one, is that... Did he write that post... Game of Thrones having started on telly. I couldn't tell you right now. Because that's what I'd be interested in. It's been in. like a decade since I he wonder, wrote one. Because anyway. I'm sure one of them came out in the middle of yeah, Game of Thrones probably. being released on HBO. And I always wondered whether that book would be any good mm. because he'd finished it without the time that he had previously mm. for the other books. And yeah, like you said, I'd, if I was the publisher, I'd be pissed off. Mm. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't want the next two books because I don't think a damn person's going to buy them. Apart from your diehards. Who, who were there for the books in the first yeah. place. But you've certainly not gained any new readers from the series. No. Go on then, back to you. Right, so three for me. Three oh for me. Uh, we are running along on this one, we but are. it's fine. Uh, just just as a note, Wayne will probably edit this out. Yeah, I think we might need to find a couple of cuts for where we've extended a little bit over this. Maybe. Yeah. Just waffled a bit. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to it. So number three for me is Banner Brothers. Banner Brothers, which okay. was a ten-part limited series. So again, I've picked a, a short, kind of compressed series. I know you picked uh, Chernobyl. But that one was important, though, wasn't it? it I was. remember. I mean, we don't it was. get water cooler telly anymore no. too much, do we? Because there's so many different streaming mediums yeah. and cable channels and TV channels and stuff that, unless it's apparently Love Island, no one Did seems you have to, to watch the same that? show. But oh, come on, it's the most recent oh. example. Like, if it, what's another show that everyone seems to watch that's really crap and no one should be fucking? Yeah, you, you, your intelligence drops by yeah. 10 points as soon as you watch that the show. The only other thing I can equate it to that I will back up is Bake Off. 
Everyone seems to watch Bake Off still. Yeah, I don't like to talk about Bake Off. I know, know, you're silly. But anyway, let's get back to Band of Brothers. Let's not talk about crap like Love Island. Um, And that's for the girls at work. Anyway, uh, from the beginning of boot camp to the final days of the war, this was an absolute gem and a half for me. I know that most people have probably watched Saving Private Ryan as well. This had obviously come out of that era very much in the incredible, uh, you know, FX and realism of the brutality of war. Uh, you know, underscored by the real-life counterparts to the actual cast, so you actually had the real-life version of these characters, of of, of the character of Damian Lewis, his real-life counterpart, doing a little section at the start of an episode explaining what had happened during this section of the war. And you can see every emotion on his face, how much they suffered during the war. Um... This is Damien Lewis at his best for me. Um, I mean, he's he's gone off and done billions, which I'm, I'm I'm hugely a fan of. But this for me is is his best piece of work. You've got a massive cast. I'm I'm just going to spend like 30 seconds running through well, some of the names here. Because yes, I was going to ask you to name some of them. Some some, some of the big people. So you've got Michael Fassbender. You've got Dexter Fletcher. You've got Scott Grimes. Uh, you've got Michael Kudlitz, who you recognise from Walking Dead and and from a few other shows. You've got James McAvoy. Uh, you've got Colin Hanks, you've got Donnie Wahlberg, you've got Tom Hardy. Some some of these characters only play a very small part, but the fact it that you've a got there, a massive it? ensemble cast, I mean, it, it, this was such a rich... Because uh, I want to say David Schwimmer's in it as well. David Schwimmer is in it as well, yes, I did, I, you know, it, just because I had so many names. No, I was no, like, I yeah, know, it's Schwimmers, just one that pops you know, into yeah, my yeah. head. Whenever I think Band of Brothers, I'm like, I'm sure someone talked about yeah. David Schwimmer's in that. Um, I mean, this is a first-class uh, ensemble piece more than anything else. Hard cutting, it's brutal, it's emotional. There's an episode where they go to the uh, concentration camp. You see the absolute brutality of the impact that the that the Jews had to deal with. They're emaciated people. They've been absolutely destroyed as a people. It's ab- it, it absolutely pulls at the emotional heartstrings. It gives you a realistic impression of the war, the Battle of uh, Bastogne, where they are sat. In, in this little woodland and they are being bombed from every fucking side and they can't do a damn thing about it. They are surrounded um, and it's it's absolutely incredible. Um, it's interesting because it's something that I think war movies particularly often miss is the the days. Mm-hmm. You know, these these men were, were sometimes trapped, like you say, yeah. or sometimes on a line for days, mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. What do you do in that time? Mm-hmm. I never. It's always what occurs to me is, Christ, that had been boring. But then you're like, yeah, but actually, my life was on the line potentially every second of those moments. So actually, it'd have been terrifying. So I don't know how they got through it. And like you say, listening to, uh, I like watching. Well, I don't like watching, but I find it interesting seeing footage, like you say, of uh, veterans talking about it because it's in their eyes. Like you say, you can see what they went through, yeah. and you can see it in their eyes yeah. when they're talking about it yeah. and it, it does bring it home yeah uh, no, that is one that i do want to watch i'm not a huge war film it's or one series i would recommend fan, to everybody but i am interested in the war yeah. i just don't tend to get along with war movies yeah. so much but i've uh, like i love the uh, world war history uh, world war Two in color yeah which is on netflix this this honestly is a fantastic series this for anyone who wants to know about made war. me go and watch that that world war Two in color uh it, it really did and i know that my granddad fought in world war Two, and he never talked about it because of the 
emotional impact that everything that he went through he never talked about it with me as much as i would have loved to have heard what happened he would never talk about that kind of stuff and understandably so because it was such a huge era for that generation and how do we, we owe begin them. to explain it as well we we it's, owe it's them so I've much we owe them yeah, all absolutely. so so very very much so that's yeah, why it sickens me yeah. these days with the lack of respect sometimes yes for for, for elderly people and you think well yeah, these people made it so that you're not speaking german today is the, the classic adage and it's it's not you wrong. look at the world today and you think they they went through it to to, to get us to this point here and we appear to be throwing it down the fucking drain. again we've got uh, you know i have two children and <laughs> my child my children find it annoying when they're watching television upstairs uh where i don't have sky or any sort of pausing facility on the telly mm-hmm. and they want to go and do something and they're like oh can you pause it no what why can't you pause it i'm like oh, you guys you guys have got no idea mm-hmm. and even then i've got no idea mm-hmm. i got no idea because yeah i didn't i wasn't able to pause telly at the time but i had four channels <laughs> which is a darn sight more than they had back then mm-hmm. so it, it is ridiculous as it goes forwards all right over to you for two all right so my number two is flight of the concord you might say this uh, did they do three seasons in the end? I think they did. I, th- I know they did two for a fact. Um, I think they did a third season that wasn't quite as good, didn't quite recapture the magic. But I love Flight of the Concords. So, um, they are Jermaine Clement and Brett. Brett, I've forgotten his surname. It's all right. He doesn't know me, so it's not like he's going to come around. Should have made notes on this. What are you doing? I know. I haven't written it. On I've the literally show, got so. seven pages of notes. Yeah, today. I know you've got seven pages of notes. You're better than me this week. Um. Yes, so it's Jermaine Clement and Brett, somebody. Uh, they are a band. Uh, they're hilarious. Um, it's it's just a right little quirky, odd... I don't know, I find it a bit Napoleon Dynamite at times. Uh, it's a bit The Office at times, with its awkward humour. Um, I, I, I love that series. I, I love those guys. The music in it is hilarious and brilliant. And there are songs that, like, I'll Be the Racist Dragon is a hilarious song. But it doesn't work without the animation and the scene from the TV show that goes with it. And there's quite a lot from their... Uh, I don't know where they released it as an album, actually. But the sort of their, their catalogue of songs, mm. so many of them work so much better if you actually watch the scene from Concords that the song is taken from or written for. Um yeah, I think it's great, and obviously they've both gone on to do great things. Jermaine Clement is an actor in all things yep. now, um, and Brett went. Last thing I heard he was doing was he wrote the music for the two Muppet movies that okay. were recent, uh, Muppets Most Wanted, and the Muppet movie before that. Yeah, and he was the yeah he was the song song oh, okay. man on it, which is why there's a song in there called Muppet or a Man. Okay, which is hilarious and has some very very. Uh, Concord-esque <laughs> okay. lines in it, which which is really good. But yeah, the Flight of the Concords always have a special place in my heart. I love that show. I love those guys. And yeah, it was just a, a, a perfect, quirky little half an hour of escapism. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I love that show. That would be my number two. Cool. Uh, now, my number two, I think... Is... He's staying short on the answers, by the way, guys, because we're running slightly long on this one. <laughs> um, uh, number two for me is going to be... Well, you talk about yourself for short. Um, number two for me is going to be Sopranos. Okay. The Sopranos for me is 
quintessential HBO shows. And it's for me, was one of the shows which put HBO on the map. More than any other show, this put um, serialized TV made by HBO on that platform. I can't think of anything before it. I'm thinking like Six Feet Under was quite popular. Came after this. I did it. Oh, there you go. This This is the quintessential show that really broke that yeah, moment and moved people away from movies to quality TV. Mm. Um, you've got... And showed that TV could have the production value. Correct. Um, TV. I mean, uh, you've, film. you've got James Gandolfini, the late, great ja- James Gandolfini as, as Tony Soprano. What a phenomenal character this guy was um, and played very well by James Gandolfini. What a supporting cast as well. Honestly, you've got, I mean, I'm just, you know, the, the names of some of the supporting cast, uh, you've got Paulie, you've got Sylvia, you've got Pussy, Uncle Junior, you've got Meadow, AJ, his wife Carmela, Christopher, his nephew, uh, Adriana. Basically, if you like The Godfather or Goodfellows, you know, this is new... Goodfellows? 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 Good... We're not that English, son. Goodfellas. It's Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Sorry, Goodfellas. Goodfellows. Goodfellows. Oh, Goodfellows. Goodfellows. Uh... Come and watch The Sopranos. <laughs> uh, um, you know, this is New Jersey mob. Uh, you know, the stereotypical kind of, uh, you know, crime, family, food, culture of, of that Italian era. Um, you know, a guy who goes to therapy, you know, a mob boss who goes to therapy. They made a goddamn film. Yeah. Out of the basis for that aspect of it, which was uh, Billy Crystal this? and um, James, uh, sorry, uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, yeah, yeah, analyze yeah. this. Analyze this. They did analyze that. Yeah, as well, and that they? came out of this oh, show. Was it on that the show? came out of this yeah. show. Interesting. Um, you know, it, it, it's got FBI informants, so you've got that uh, brutal, realistic impression of, of mob bosses trying to be undermined by, you know, FBI informants, people within their ranks that are trying to do them over. It's funny as hell at times. There's one where two of the characters are out in the woods, which is is shot by uh, Steve Buscemi, and it's fucking hilarious. Two of the characters, two mob guys, stuck out in the wilderness, in the woods. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, emotional as hell at times. It really, really tugs at the heartstrings because although Tony is a, a hateable guy, he's also a lovable guy. You love to hate this guy at times. The relationship he has with his mother, his wife, his kids, his friends, his nephew. Uh, and this has got one of the most divisive endings of all time. Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, I've never seen The Sopranos because I'm not a huge... Uh, in the same way that I'm not a huge fan of Westerns, I'm not a huge fan of, of the gangster movies. I, I've seen The Godfather. Mm-hmm. It's not my cup of tea, so I've not seen the other two. I've seen Goodfellas. It's all right. It just Goodfellas. I like the bit with Joe... Uh, Joe Pesci, where he's doing the well, uh, uh, funny, what I amuse you. Yeah. I like that. That's very cool and very, you know, like, whoa, all right, chill yeah. out, you know, which is supposed to be. I don't know. I just, I, I was late to the party with Sopranos, yeah. definitely. It had finished before I even became aware. And I think that's why I just thought, well, it's not my kind of thing, mm. so I won't bother. But I did hear the ending. So go on, then. How do you fall on the ending? I am actually quite happy with the ending. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. When I was watching the ending, I genuinely thought, is there something? Is there something wrong with? Have I? If I, I didn't download it. If I downloaded, I did download it. A copy, which is fucked up, because yeah. you have got the family sat around, a, you know, a table in a diner, and it suddenly cuts to a black screen, and you're like, hang on a minute, is have, have I have I missed something? And then the credits roll, and you're like. Did I just miss a scene? No. Yeah. They quite literally subvert the idea of what this ending could be. 
whatever it could be. It's one of the most divisive endings of all time for an HBO show, but I actually think it works perfectly. I think perfectly. it's fair to say for any show. It, yeah. It's it's divisive for, uh, you know, like you say, it's gone down in history, looking back on it now, yeah. as uh, one of those endings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, number two, The, the Sopranos for me, and we get to number one, and... Indeed, so my we'll, number one, I believe, is probably the same, the same as mine. Because neither of us have mentioned it yet. No, so. and that would be The Wire. The Wire. So, uh, I mean, let's face it, this... Uh, I mean, the amount of people you read online, this is regarded as one of, if not, the greatest shows of all time. Yes. Irrega- yeah, certainly, the, the, like you say, the is. critical belief in yeah. everything is is alongside it. And again, it's it's another one of those shows. HBO, HBO's a masters at it. It's castless. Yeah. Freaking cast. Idris Elba's in it. Yep. And he's fucking amazing. Yep. And oh. Dominic say West. Say the name. Th- thank you, Dominic West. Uh, sorry, Dominic Cooper popped into my head. I don't know why. But yes, Dominic West. Yeah. Uh, I'd never, I'd never even heard of the bloke. Mm-hmm. I think he was Jigsaw in a Punisher film I watched. Correct. Once. Correct. But. That is all I knew, and Jesus, he's amazing, and he's in to play with Bunk, whose name, real name, you can say in a minute, because I've forgotten it from earlier. Wendell Pierce. Thank you. Um, he's those two together. I could just watch them, yeah. and I, and I think that's largely why the show works mm-hmm. because they got two great, great actors to play great characters who have great chemistry, mm-hmm. and that's just a recipe for gold. Yeah, I could watch that forever in a day. Yeah. Um, and then you add in the rest. You yeah. add in Stringer Bell, Idris Elby. You add in, um, oh crap, what's his character's name? Michael Dudar Williams. My, Michael Kenneth Williams. Yeah, what's his Omar. character's name? Omar, thank you. I'd forgotten his character's name. Um, the kids, Wallace. Mm-hmm. He's one of the kids. He's popped up in other stuff since then that I've seen. Yeah, it's uh, Michael, uh, oh, come on. Was, this, was just in Black Panther, for Christ's sake. Yes, that's it. He's Michael Kilmer. Jordan. Thank you. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. So yes. yeah, um, it's and again, and, yeah, you see him in Black Panther, and you're like, oh, you were that like ten year old kid yeah. in in the, the wire. first season of the Wire. Yeah, yeah um, it's, I mean, this 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 series, I remember watching it, and I was going to bed at like one, two in the morning every day because I was trying to fit in as many episodes yeah, as I couldn't, possible. Couldn't stop. It was it was so addictive. Uh, I mean, the... I'd like to say, why is it addictive? Is it addictive because it's got lots of explosions and crashy bangs? No, no. no. No, it's this is generally dialogue. gritty as shit. Yeah. This is the most realistic and gritty impression of how a police investigation in that era went through. Uh, you know, wiretaps. How an actual wiretap was put in place. We don't. We, they didn't have the technology of today where, you know, click of a button. Oh, yeah, I can listen in on that. They had to literally go through the ringer just to get this shit done. To, to, to try and de- take down you know, these drug organizations. I mean, going through, I mean, just going through the seasons, you know, the first one is about police, uh, you know, crimes and drugs. Second season hits the docks and the mobs, still carrying on threads from the first season. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Third season hits into politics, uh, police politics. Is that the one where you've got Aidan Gillen as the mayor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mayor Car- well, he becomes the mayor eventually, but Carcetti. Yeah, but it's his, yeah, his yeah, thing, that's, isn't yeah. it? He's running for it. And yeah. that's a fantastic series yeah. You've got well. season four goes into education and the school system. Yeah. Uh, and then season five goes into the media and newspapers. Yeah. I mean, the, every single season, it's, they added a little bit of nothing, something I kind of wonder whether it uh, works because it's the Marvel thing of sequels then. So let's pick a different genre and do, you know, so we'll focus on a different part yep. of... We'll pick on a different part of the system and how that part interacts with the police yeah. in that way. Correct. And it never... I don't think I ever thought there was a black and white decision in that mm. show either. No. Everything was great. Oh, God, yeah. Because there's the bits... 
I forget which season it is, but it's where I want to say Bunny. Yeah, Bunny the Corbin. Head cop, and he takes the area that's trashed. Yeah, uh, the, the and they turn it into zone. New Amsterdam. And uh, yeah, and they make all the drug dealers go there. And if you go there, we're going to leave you alone. You can do what the hell you want. Yeah, because it clears the normal street right, corners yeah. of drug dealing. Yeah. Fantastic idea. Yeah, absolutely wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah massively, massively idea, wrong. You know, massively wrong. But that's what they have to go to yeah. because. What you don't know that in the background is he's under pressure mm-hmm. from the politics, from the, from the crime numbers. stats. Yeah, and that's the thing that gets me is the when they, oh yeah, my stats have dropped. Why? Oh, because we reclassified this as that. What? No. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. It's still the same crime. Yeah. But you just reclassify it, yeah. so the politicians aren't that bothered about it anymore. Yeah. Then, and you just, oh, that sort of stuff. You just go, what? Yeah. And I think it's is it the last season where McNulty. Does the bad becomes boy thing. the serial killer? Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> or again, a supposed serial killer. Horrible idea. Oh, yeah, truly, truly horrible. Fictionalizes a serial killer, but uses it to get money. Yeah, and then siphon that money into ongoing actual yeah. investigations. Yeah. To try and help yeah. them solve crime. And the one guy who you thought was the moral compass, Lester, is the one guy who's actually helping him. And when yeah. Bunk finds out, he's like, Jimmy. What the chimney? Yeah. Um, but I mean, there is. I mean, there. But again, it's it's all that thing of doing the the well, which way round is it? The wrong thing with the the right thing. The right no. thing for the wrong reason. Thank you. Yes, you're doing, but you're doing the wrong thing for the right reason. Correct. That's yeah, the yeah, way around. Yeah, 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 that's the way around. It should yeah, have been. So he's yeah, doing yeah, the right yeah, thing yeah, yeah. by getting more funding yeah. into the unit, but he's doing absolutely the wrong thing by pretending there's a yeah. serial killer on the loose. Yeah. Um, you're doing the right thing by clearing the street corners of all the drug dealers, but you're doing absolutely the wrong thing by just telling them all to go to one area yeah. and you'll leave them alone to do what they want. Yeah. It's, I mean, like you say, I mean, we we could literally, I think we may at some point end up having to possibly spend some time on the wire because it is such... We might do. I could probably uh, You know, it it's it's such a massive, massive undertaking. Uh, the, the, the drug war between uh, Barksdale and Bell and, and Marlowe Stansfield in of itself could, you know, we could talk about that for 20, 30 minutes again, at a time. I bet there's a million actors we're missing as well. Oh, God, If I went definitely. back and watched it now, having seen, like you say, a lot of stuff where uh, as uh, black actors are becoming more prominent in roles and more, uh, you know, getting more leads and more films about black culture are being made, mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet tons of those actors have popped up in other stuff now and I'd go back and go, oh, you were in this mm-hmm. as well and mm-hmm. you were in this, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I mean, it's one of those ones, again, I think, which was smart. It had five series, and each series had a the same piece of music in five different ways. Yes. And that that again just shows the ingenuity of a series like this to be the same but be different. Mm. Um, every single character in this is is memorable. Uh, you know, I, I loved uh, you know Dominic West's you know Jimmy McNulty's just like the fuck did I do? The fuck did I do? Um, that is just uh, a phrase and a half, just because it's so hilarious, so in fitting with the character you've got a politician clay davis you know who's just like she oh yeah we've got to have one of those in there uh, i've got to have a please but you know please put that in there as well Wayne. thank you shit boy think i'm gonna be the scapegoat for the whole damn machine she clarence is gonna major crimes she they gonna come talk to me about money laundering in west baltimore 
And it is I'm just, sure that's been so parodied many, about 15 is, billion times yeah. since. Yeah, and most definitely. There are YouTube compilations if you want to look them up of just millions of his shits yeah. from that film, uh, from that series yeah. cut together. He's brilliant. Um, I mean, the the one thing I will say, I don't know whether you've gone, you know, you you'll have gone and seen this before we before we sign off for today, is if you haven't already, there is a short, a very short. Uh, you know, five ten minute piece, and it's a short which is shot literally after the series are finished, but set before it, and it's called When Jimmy Met Bunk. Oh, nice! It's their first meeting, and it's fucking hilarious mm-hmm. because you, it's exactly what you would imagine would happen if those two met for the first time. Nice. So yeah, go and watch that as well. But cool. um, so there you go, boys and girls. That was that's the, it. We actually uh, agreed on one. We, we actually, we actually agree. It's a bloody good the, job the, the our number ones were the same because we have gone long on this. We one. have gone very I'm long sure on Wayne this one. I'm sure Wayne will cut us back in, but I'm sure so. So we will leave it at that for this week, guys. We hope you enjoyed that. Again, as always, get in touch with us. Uh, the email address is screenmasters at bitebackmedia.co.uk. That's screenmasters at bitebackmedia.co.uk, and the bite is spelt like a computer bite, not a food bite. Uh, you can also head over to our newly fancily created and designed, he says, hoping that the designs have come through by now, <laughs> uh, as you're listening to this, for the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash screenmasters. Next episode, we are back round to film, and I think we might be looking at the DC animated movies, mm. starting from early noughties i will confirm in the coming weeks but that's where i think we're going next guys so thank you for joining us i have been bad i have been fluff and this has been screen masters if you walk through the garden you better watch your back